Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We covered quite a bit of ground in this series concerning the nature of the flesh and how the enemy uses that nature to tempt us through thoughts. Now that we have established the desires of the flesh, we need to finish up this series by discussing how we overcome our flesh through the new birth. You know, a lot of times people get overwhelmed because they think, man, I've had these issues for years. I've yielded to the flesh for years in this area. It feels like the flesh wins every time. How many have ever felt like that? I'll raise both hands. Okay? And this could be different things for different people. You may be at a different spot in your spiritual development than someone else. So don't get on your high horse You know, if you don't struggle with some of the things that somebody else does, I guarantee you if I hung out with you long enough, I could find your weakness. (laughs) And you could find mine. Amen? But that a weakness doesn't mean it has to stay a weakness. Amen? And to overcome, to win in life, to win with the Lord, faith is demanded. It's demanded. It's not just that it's uh, a nice thing to have. It's how we live, how we walk. We walk by faith and not by sight. Um, we're, to, we're to live this way. And so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So as we covered the different passages on spirit, soul, body, as we covered the different passages on the renewal of the mind, as we covered different passages on what the deeds of the flesh are, And we talked about the importance in Galatians where Paul says, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. All of that is bringing you knowledge, but it's bringing you understanding and faith concerning those things. Once you have the knowledge, you have the ability to delineate between light and darkness. And you say, where does that come? That comes to your head. Primarily, you say, what do you mean? Thoughts come to your head that either uh, tempt you in line with the desires of your flesh or are the Spirit of God can speak to you and lead you in the direction of the Spirit. But we, we process or we decide which is which through knowledge that we have here. Amen? And then we can choose, okay, the Lord is in this or the Lord is not in this. So if you're, you know, if you're uh, scrolling through uh, the news or Facebook or whatever and you see what the current uh, administration has done or something else that bothers you and the first thought that comes to your head is, I should kill them. <laughs> you might know where that's coming from if you know. <laughs> this is a huge what I mean by, and I'm not going to go on the political side so much, but, but what I'm saying is a, is a, is a big deal because you've got to understand the nature of, of Satan. He's a divider. He wants you... Oh, I don't want to go. I'm not going there. I'm not going that direction. Give me a different illustration. He wants you to be divided from those in the body of Christ through offenses. He wants you... To, to, to be divided from the body of Christ and fellowship in the body of Christ because of addictions. He wants you to be divided from your spouse because of, you know, whatever. They, they just don't get me. They don't understand me. Offenses. He wants to divide and conquer. He has to have division in order to conquer. 
I'm going to say that again. He has to have division in order to conquer you. Now, if you're not married and that doesn't apply, fine, but he'll try to divide you from the Lord. He'll do this. He does this. This is how he operates. So you need to be aware of that and cognizant of it, conscious of it, because that way you can know, nope, I'm not following that. I'm resisting that. I'm yielding to the Spirit of God here. But in conjunction with that, and that's what I want to get into today, you need to realize that you have power from the Holy Spirit to win. How many like to win? Come on, Nacho Libre wanted to win. Don't you want to win? <laughs> I know, that's spiritual. But anyway, are you kidding? Nacho Libre went to the mountain. He had an encounter with God before he went wrestling. All right, so anyway. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is enough, and the resurrection grace is it's enough to win. Most people lose because they quit. Not because it got real hard. The, the getting real hard is what is it's designed to help you quit. But if you'll stand fast, you'll win with the Lord. Amen? How many of you know the Holy Spirit knows a little bit about beating the devil? <laughs> Amen? How many know the Holy Spirit knows a little bit about dominating all desires of the flesh? You know how I know that? Because Jesus was tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. That means what he knows, he'll share with. So, now, now put the, let's put this in context. This means the area of your flesh that you think is so strong the Lord has already beat it, and He knows how to get you out. He already beat it. Amen? This is why understanding truth has to come, because light has to dawn, faith has to be there, so you can go, you know what? I'm winning. I'm winning with the Lord. And the devil will come to you, and he'll say, oh, no, I've had you in this area for years. Yeah, I know, stupid. But I'm telling you right now... <laughs> I like what Mark Hankins says. He says this. He says, the, whole, the Lord has, uh, the Holy Spirit has a real reputation with working with some real losers and making them winners. <laughs> Do you see that? In other words, and what he's saying, he's not calling people losers. It's just without the Lord, we can do nothing. We need him. Mike was sharing this this morning on, in Vessels. Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. He only said what he heard the Father say. And Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. Jesus said that. Man, sometimes people are like, no, no, Jesus didn't say that. Yeah, go read your Bible. You say, where is it? It's in the Gospels. You'll have to read four of them. <laughs> unless you pick the right one. <laughs> he said, I can do nothing of myself unless... Whew, I wonder how much trouble we'd stay out of if we only did what we heard the Holy Spirit say. Woo, glory to God, amen? Because I believe I'm looking at people that are overcomers. I'm not looking at a bunch of slouches. God didn't call me to shepherd, under shepherd, and call you to sheep. 
to fail, we win. Amen. And with God, how many things are possible? Oh, all. He covered it all. And all things are possible to him that believes. Say it with me. I am a believer. It may look like hell right now, but heaven is on the way. I know I don't look like much, but just the Lord's keeping me under pressure. I'll be a diamond shortly. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> so we need to understand that we have power from the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, number, verse number 13. You need to mark this down. You need to put it in your notes. You can you know, write it on a card and put it on your fridge. Put it on a screensaver on your phone. Put it on a screensaver on your computer. Romans chapter 8, verse number 13 says this, For if you live according to the flesh, you will what? Die. But if by the Spirit you what? Put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now watch this. But if by the Spirit you put to death. Notice it doesn't say by just willpower. Thank God. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Thank God. So what is the Lord telling us here? What he's telling us is he has not left us powerless. He hasn't left us high and dry. Well, you got saved. Well, good luck. <laughs> yeah, oh, all right. We'll see how you do. I'll see you when you cross over. No, he's empowered us to live in the victories that he purchased in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And then when he left, Jesus didn't just leave and go, man, I don't know how they're going to make it. <laughs> how many are grateful the Holy Spirit stayed? Have you ever heard the testimony about, from Jesse Duplantis about when he went to heaven? He asked, he saw the Father and the Son when he was in heaven, and he asked where the Holy Spirit was. The angel kind of looked at him like, you're a preacher, you know, you're He's on the earth. Jesse said, he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. Sorry. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, but, but aren't you grateful the Holy Spirit's here? So say this with me. Say, the Lord didn't leave me alone. I have the Holy Spirit. Amen. That means you have ability from him to overcome. Glory to God. You've got ability to, to uh, change uh, uh, the way that you conduct your life to, so that it lines up with the nature of God within you. Man, I'm thankful for that. Uh, the Lord has changed me a lot through the years, and He's still changing me. You say, what do you mean? I thought when we were born again, you know, we, we were born again perfect. We are in the Spirit but you'll find that all the epistles, and you can see hints of it in the Gospels, but all these situations, uh, when you understand spirit, soul, and body, you, when you're born again, you're perfect in your spirit, but you'll notice they continually deal with the body and they continually deal with the mind through the rest of the, of the epistles. And you'll see hints of it even in the Gospels. 
You say, what does that mean? That means when you got born again, you still had the same thinking you did before you were saved. That thinking has to go. Years ago, I think it was the first sermon I ever preached. I Oh, no, the first... First sermon I ever preached was for Dwight. Yeah, let your sprinkler sprink. Mike, uh, Mike knows it. I got the message right in the middle of it. I would say this, you know, it was just, a, I was talking about the life of God within you. But anyway, it was the river of life flowing out of you. But one of the first other messages that I ever preached was uh, um, stinking thinking. Get the stink out of your think. I was doing youth ministry, so you got to, you know. In other words, after you're born again, your mind is still unsaved, unsaved programmed. It's programmed toward the flesh and toward demonic things. Okay? Now, this includes whether you were a hellion or not. Because you were in fellowship with God prior to being born again. You may have known about Him. You may be religiously disciplined or have been. But that doesn't mean you've had fellowship with the Lord. Rules are not God. Relationship is different than rules. Amen? And so, fellowship with the Lord, you begin to read this word and begin to understand who you are in Christ. And how many read your Bible at first and you're like, what in the world? <laughs> what did I get myself into? I know my life changed, but what, is, what does this mean? And that's why you need a church. That's why you need teachers. That's why you need fellowship. That's why you need good teaching materials. Because your mind has to change the way it thinks. You have to renew it. You have to transform it with the Word of God. And as you do, this is what takes place. Now watch this. This is, this is going to sound really simple, but it's super profound. And it will change your life. As your mind shifts to line up with your spirit, you're now two against one on your flesh. It'll make your fight easier. This is why we have Bible reading programs here. Amen? Because we want you in the Word. And sometimes people are like, well, I just don't get it. Well, don't give up. Keep believing God. He'll reveal things to you. The Holy Spirit will speak to you while you're reading your Bible. He'll speak to you. He'll give you understanding concerning your situation. I did it this morning. Heidi and I were talking about it, getting ready for church. I said, it is amazing to me how when I open the Bible every morning to read, all of a sudden something stands out to me. The Holy Spirit says this, or faith, or something just drops inside of me. And it's the Word of God. It's the Spirit of God. And it's enough for the day. It's enough energy. It's enough faith for the day. It's just amazing to me how the Holy Spirit does that. But I go approaching this word going, okay, change the way I think, Lord. So when it comes to this particular verse, you need not think you're alone. You've got power from the Holy Spirit. Amen? I've got power from the Holy Spirit for what? To overcome the flesh in every area. Now, you've got to practice what Paul preached. You say, what does that mean? Forgetting those things which are behind and pressing on. You are actually, once you're born again, you're fine. If you, if, if you got born again and got killed two seconds later, you'd go right into the presence of God. You'd go into heaven. You know, you don't have to do, the, you know, perform anything. You're in because Jesus, you believed on his perfect sacrifice. You'd be in just like that. But once you're born again, if you don't apply your mind to renewal and get understanding about who you are in Christ, you're going to struggle the rest of your Christian life. 
So in other words, you say, what do you mean by that? You'll be dominated by the desires of the flesh through the temptation of the enemy if there isn't renewal of the mind. Because how many know it's pretty easy to defeat an enemy that has no knowledge? And what I mean by that is the enemy isn't struggling to, to deceive and to, ter- and to take apart a believer who doesn't know who they are in Christ. In fact, the devil will come, create circumstances in your life, and then go, see what God's doing to you? See what God did to you? And it was him all along. But you won't know that unless you find out who you are. You won't. You won't beat him. And it's sad because he's already defeated. (laughs) It's true. You'll end up, as Paul says, beating the air. How many know you can get a good workout shadow shadow boxing, but you're not hitting anything? You might as well knock out, you might as well sweat. If you're going to sweat, might as well sweat knocking somebody out. And I mean the enemy. I don't mean, okay. (laughs) But we have, by the Holy Spirit, we can put to death the deeds of the body. Notice that this is by the Spirit that we put to death the deeds of the body. This tells me that as believers, we have been empowered by the Lord to live in victory daily over all the desires of the flesh. This is where we get our power to win. This is not just personal effort, but walking in the supply of the Spirit to overcome. So it's not just personal effort, it's walking in the Spirit Uh, It's walking in the supply of the Spirit to overcome. So you could even write in there, I overcome by the supply of the Spirit. The Spirit of God gives me the victory. So just as we have not earned our salvation, so do we not keep it through our own initiative either. On our own, we are powerless to do what God requires. But the Spirit enables us to put to death evil deeds. The answer to the problem of the power of sin which is raised, and we're going to get this, we're going to go to this in Romans chapter 6, which is raised in Romans chapter 6 and has been at the forefront of the discussion is now given. It is what? It is the Spirit. The answer to victory over the power of sin is what? It is the Holy Spirit, His ability living in us. Amen? To allow the things of the world and the flesh to completely dominate one's life is spiritual suicide. The believer uh, can find victory in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is owed to the flesh. Nothing is owed to the desires of your flesh. It It is to have no more control at all. He is to mortify the deeds of the body. Talking about the power of the Spirit. To mortify means what? It means to put to death, destroy, or render extinct. So when it comes to the power of the Spirit, when it comes to the desires of the flesh and the power of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit gives you the ability to do what? It gives you the ability to put to death the desires of the flesh. You can mortify them. So some people say, well, I can't can't help it. I feel that way. You now know you can help it. Amen? And people say, well, I, I, I know I can help it, but I didn't, and I acted like I shouldn't. You now can repent. And then turn around and acknowledge, Lord, I didn't do that right. Forgive me. And then forgive who you, or apologize to whoever you need to apologize to make it right. 
and then go, Lord, but you've given me of your spirit. Thank you that you're helping me to overcome this and not respond that way or react that way next time. Amen? All right. Romans chapter 6, verse number 1. We won't be able to get through all of this, but we'll get through some of it, and you can go back and read it. Romans chapter 6, verse number 1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse 2 says, Certainly not. And that in the Greek actually means God forbid. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? This isn't somebody making a mistake. This is somebody who, who's been born again, but now they're choosing to live in sin. Um, there is, I, I, I'm surprised at sometimes the grace message that's preached at times by different uh, groups in the earth today. Because it's like they just rip Romans 6 right out of the Bible and throw it away. They just think, well, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, because I'm under grace, so it doesn't matter anyway. There's actually people that teach that you don't even have to receive Jesus because Jesus did it all, and in the end, we're all going to be saved. That's amazing. You have to just ignore certain passages. Well, a lot of them. <laughs> but but that's, that will never change. But what is Paul saying here by the Spirit of God? He's saying, should we continue in sin? I don't know about you, but the things that I, tr- I was living in 20 years ago, 23 years ago when I got saved, I'm not living in them today. The Lord's dealing with me about different things. Different things of, of where I'm crucifying the flesh and putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, making no provision for the deeds of the flesh. Amen? So when we're born again, we die to sin and become alive under righteousness. This change of natures takes, takes place in our spirit man. The, the death that is spoken of here is the separation of the believer from the power of the sinful nature. Your spirit man is the true you. And we talked about this before with spirit, soul, body. Here Paul is pointing out more, uh, even more, that your mind is renewed to who you are on, in Christ. And, um, or, I'm sorry, I, I said that wrong. Here, here Paul is pointing out the more that your mind is renewed to who you are in Christ, the less you will live in the desires of the flesh. We can see that we are not called to live lives of sin because we are dead to sin. This truth is difficult to grasp for the mind that is carnal and not spiritual. Because if you just think of yourself as naturally, it's going to be difficult. Let's look, let's look at verse 3. Or do you not know that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in what? Newness of life. How do you do that? Remember Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16. Walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the what? Lusts of the flesh. Okay? Or the desires of the flesh, I think, is a better word there. So by the power of the glory of the Father, we put to death the desires of the flesh and replace them with the expressions of the resurrection. We put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, what do you mean by that? From the inside, I choose. So, instead of getting bitter, I choose forgiveness. Instead of getting even, I bless those who what? (laughs) Okay? What does your flesh want to do? Your flesh wants to enter a cursing contest. Oh, you think you can curse. 
Wait till I'm done with you. But we're supposed to stop that and walk in the Spirit. So how do I do that? Instead of responding from the desire to curse that's in my flesh, I respond from the love of God and the patience within, and I put that on my expression. I choose to let patience form my facial expression. Oh, you didn't hear me. But I preached a good message right there just to myself. Because I can be very expressive. <laughs> I choose to put on, put into my body language understanding and mercy. I choose to put into my words and the way my eyes look. Come on. Because some of you, I'm getting some stares. I'm getting some looks. I can tell you, you're like, I wonder how you do that, you know. <laughs> I know we're so conditioned to, you know, as my younger brother would say, I hope he's listening, he'll appreciate this, but uh, mean mugging. You say mean mugging, what does that mean? That means you have a mean look on your mug. Your mug. When, when, when you're dealing with your kids, what do they see? What are they hearing? And I'm not saying you can't get after them, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, what, is, what do they always associate? Do you see what I'm saying? Um, your kids should you, should, you should have and hold and demand respect in your house. There's no question. You know, I watch some parents, I'm like, <laughs> that kid would last, if, if that kid was in my house, they would talk like that for maybe one more week. And it wouldn't last. And it's not because I don't have the fruit of the Spirit. It's because I do have the fruit of the Spirit. It wouldn't last. Why? Because I would straighten it out. But how I do that, I have to do it through the fruit of the Spirit, right? So I have to live from the resurrection. So what am I expressing? What am I saying? What am I, okay? Um, my kids have respect for their parents, but they're not afraid of their parents. You know what I mean by that? It's not like they walk around the house like, oh, you know, dad's going to freak out, you know. <laughs> There's a balance that's struck there with the Spirit leading, amen? How many have respect for Jesus? You wouldn't just say anything to Him in any way, okay? You'd have re you have reverence for Him. So we're to do that. We're to live that way, and by the power of the glory of the Father, we dominate the desires of the flesh and express the resurrection instead. Verse number five says, For if you have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also have in the likeness of His resurrection... Knowing this, that your old man, not your father, you know, but your old man, you know, people say, well, my old man, he was crucified with Christ, so he must be going to heaven. So anyway, but that's talking about your old nature. It, your old nature was what? Crucified with who? Christ. You know, I heard a minister say this, and it's so true. A lot of people identify in the process of the crucifixion with Barabbas or one of the thieves, and I understand why. But you're supposed to actually see yourself in Jesus. Amen. You've been crucified with him. So then, certainly, since you have been, uh, he goes on to say this in verse 6, Know this, that your old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to what? Of sin. 
Don't you don't have to. So what people say, well, I know, but it, oh, it just feels like sometimes I just can't, you know, and we get into our natural thinking and speaking and believing, and that's what keeps us there. We have to get out of that and get over into Romans 8, 13, where it says, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can put to death the deeds of the flesh. And we have to meditate and focus there, get that into our thinking. That lines up with our spirit and go, Holy Spirit, I know I can't do this on my own, but with you, I can overcome. I will uproot and get rid of all bitterness, all hatred, all malice, all dissension, all, come on, including the other ones, drunkenness, homosexuality, all the things that are of, of, of fornication, adultery, all of these things. People say, well, I can't, I'm addicted to this, I'm addicted to that in the area of sexual sin. Listen, guys, you can have victory through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to think about this for just a second with me as we wrap this up. Think about this. Jesus was tempted in how many points as we are? So does that include fornication? Come on. I know people are like, no, I don't want to think that. Well, you're not redeemed totally if he wasn't tempted totally and overcame totally. That means, and this is what I want you to see. This is what I want you to, to realize because the enemy holds people in bondage in these areas and there's total freedom for you in his ability. You got to realize, people say, well, Jesus just wouldn't know how I feel as a, you fill it in, as a person who's been injured this bad by somebody. You're wrong. He was tempted exactly. He knows exactly where you're at and how you feel. Well, it's, you don't know what, how bad it is. I mean, this is the issue of, you know, we, we have big, we, we, we label things as, whoa. And God goes, it's anybody compared to him. I'm not saying he belittles what we've gone through. I'm saying in comparison to resurrection power, it's really that little. <laughs> but see, we need to believe that because Jesus was raised out of every possible temptation and design of hell. That Satan could come up with. He, he whipped him thoroughly. I'm talking about he whipped Satan thoroughly. It, he covered all the bases. Amen? So what's our flesh issues to that? Don't get under condemnation. Stay in conviction and victory. Amen? So verse 7 talks about this. It says, For he who has died has been freed from what? Wow. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for... Oh, so he must have covered it all. But the life that he lives, he lives to who? God. So when it comes to the desires of our flesh, we need to go, I don't live there anymore. I died with Christ to that. I now live my life to God. Therefore, I put on Jesus over this flesh or into this flesh. Amen? Do you know you can love somebody when you absolutely feel nothing? <clears throat> Few people believe it. How many good feelings do you think Jesus had on the cross? <laughs> 
Scripture says, for the joy that was set, which means what? He didn't feel anything in the process. I can do the same, and so can you. We can choose by faith to go, Lord, I know that person hates me, but I'm going to bring them cake. Lord, that coworker is super obnoxious. I'm going to give them an encouragement card. Not in being more obnoxious, but just an encouragement card. Years ago, when I was down at Rama, I was playing basketball back when I could play basketball. <laughs> Those days are over. I mean, I can shoot around, but... I'm not going to play. <laughs> we were at the gym, and, I was, and we were playing ball, and there was this, have you ever played with like uh, a group of guys, and, but some of them are like, it's like you're just at the gym, it's not the NBA, but they think it's the NBA. <laughs> yeah. So we had a guy like that. And we're moving the ball, we're passing the ball, we're doing, it's, it was like three, it was like half court, three on three, or four on four, something like that. So the game's moving fast anyway. And we're moving, moving, moving. And I get the ball underneath. And I'm right underneath the basket. And I'm just going to shoot a layup. And I know there's a guy right behind me. So I pump fake. And I just bend down like this. Well, he jumped and came over me. You know, so he got on my back. Well, he took his own legs out from under him. Because I was standing there. He jumped into me. And so when he landed, his legs got taken out by my rear end. And he landed on his rear end on the, on the, on the uh, hardwood floor. And, of course, he wasn't happy about it. And, of course, he jumped up and got in my face, and I'm surprised he didn't swing. I mean, he was so mad. He thought I was at fault because he thought I intentionally undercut him. Well, I didn't even see him. I didn't even know he was back there. He just got overly aggressive and came into me. Well, he got mad and, he, and this guy was older than me, but I still know his name. I'm not going to say it. But anyway, he's older than me by quite a bit. I mean, he's, he's, I was not married at this time. He was married. He has a family. He's, you know, further along in life. And, uh, and so I said, look, man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do anything, you know, but he's mad. You know, you, know, you understand. He's furious. And so I said, look, I, I didn't mean to do anything, you know, but I didn't do anything wrong. I just was playing the game. So I, I was like, all right, the guys were like, calm down, let's just play. So I turn around to walk away. He shoves me in the back. You know, I, I've been saved for a little while at this point. <laughs> but prior to that, I mean, how non-manly is it to have somebody turn around and then you shove them in the back? That's weak to me. That's totally weak to me. Like, if you're going to shove me, I mean, shove me to my face. I'm not asking you to do it. But I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, a man, somebody with some backbone and character doesn't do that. You know what I mean? And by this time, um, and so I was furious. I'm like shaking mad. Like, let's just go outside. I know we're at Bible college, but hey, we'll just see what happens. And, you know, we can repent later and have a good story, you know. <laughs> But I didn't. I stayed calm. And, uh, and then he came up to me after the game was over, and he's, he said, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I forgive you. <laughs> Lord have mercy. 
Forgive me for what? Your temper? And I just let it go because I'm like, I'm not going to get into this. I'm not going to get into it at all. So anyway, for the next several months, I'm mad at this guy. Well, and I have to see him at church because we go to the same church. (laughs) And it's a big church, like 3,000 people, but I still somehow see him (laughs) all the time. (laughs) You know, he goes in the same door I do, and there's like 10 options to get into this building, you know? And so finally, I realized, I got to do something about this, because I can't, he's never going to apologize to me. I, I realize that, you know, even though I, how many, you know you're right sometimes, you know. And so I'm like, but I can't let this live in me. And so I found out he liked Kenneth Cole uh, products. I, Kenneth Cole's probably not much of a thing anymore. It still is? Oh, okay. My wife knows. I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, I had, this, I had some Kenneth Cole shoes and watch that I had. So I found him. And I said, hey, i just been praying for you. I want to bless you with this. And I gave it to him. And he's like, oh, yeah. Man, I love Kenneth Cole. You know, and he, and I, so I, I found that. So I blessed him with it. I had, it had been given to me. And so I blessed him with it. I never had a problem after that with him. Not because he ever apologized. He never did. What did I do? I stopped the curse with a... I chose the spirit over the flesh. Amen? And you close the door to the enemy by doing that. Even if they never make it right, it doesn't matter. What does it matter? If they ever make... What, it's your, their relationship is between them and the Lord. But if you want healing, if you want life, if you want strength to function in your life at a high level and the blessing of God to function at a high level, you're going to want to make sure and, and, and pay attention to the fact that you walk in love like you're supposed to. Amen? That I'm taking care of me. Do you see that? People say, because we do. We live in this culture. In fact, we're trained in it. Well, they did this, so I'm going to do this. Where the Lord says, if they take your... You know, if they make you walk with them one mile, walk with them, right? This is what changes the heart or the the, the thinking and what manifests the kingdom of God in our lives. We have to respond a different way. Do you know I didn't feel like giving him any of those things? I wasn't like, ooh, you know, this is amazing. I'm going to give him, you know... It was basically a few hundred dollars in, in stuff. I didn't feel like that at all. But in my heart, I knew if I don't forgive this person and break the devil's hold here, I'm going to have problems later on. Come on. How many have ever had money stolen from you? Business. Let it go. Let it go. You say, why? Because it's going to affect you, not them. God will deal with them. He'll deal with them. Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. 
If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.